Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield in Kansas City. The National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention continues as we talk today and get comments from Jeff Peterson. Jeff is with Heartland Farm Partners and a lot of buzz here in Kansas City, Jeff, about about the markets this week, about China. So we've got a lot of things that we're going to discuss. And really to start out, kind of give us a recap. What do we see with corn and beans this week? You know, it turned out I didn't think it was going to end up being this way, or maybe it was more so, Susan, I was hoping it wasn't going to be this week. We kind of have had some pressures put on the markets. On the December futures, down six cents for the week. Uh, new crop, December. December 20 was down five and a quarter. And on the January soybeans on the future side, down 12 and three quarters. New crop soybeans got hit a little bit harder. November 20 soybeans are down 14. So a little pressure put on the market this week, Susan. Well, looking at that pressure, I mean, how much of the factor was China and all their trade discussions a part of it? Well, I think that, you know, it's interesting. We we see bits and pieces, right? The news kind of comes in, the news kind of comes out. And, and I think a year ago, it would have had a much bigger impact. But I, I don't think it's having as much as an impact. I think the trade really is almost taking more of a, you know what, prove it to us when it happens type approach. And I think we see some up and down that happened on the general economy and some of the stock market trades. But I don't think it's having as big an impact over on on really the corn, soybeans, and some of those commodities as it did uh, in the past. You know, and it seems like it's gotten to the point that the markets are maybe getting a wait-and-see attitude because we've played this game of ebb and flow and not seen results. I, I think definitely it is that way because... You, depending on who you hear, depending on what channel of news you listen to, and obviously depends on whether it's talking from the Democratic view or the Republican view, depends on the same information, definitely gets talked about in two different ways. And I think that's something the market's saying, okay, that's all fine and good, but we're, we're just going to wait and see if a deal happens. And I think some of the items that are coming in a little bit is that when China is starting to talk about the fact that they don't want to necessarily put a dollar amount on how much they're going to purchase on the ag side, that all of a sudden takes a little bit of excitement away. And then also when you hear the discussion about, well, the trade carrier or the tariffs are going to have to come off before there's even a deal, and then you start pretty soon you start thinking, well, I don't even know if we're ever going to get to a deal. So I think that's kind of the same attitude the market's taking. Are we going to see, you know, you talk about this trade deal with China. Can we still get it done before 2019 is over with? I think it's going to be really hard, Susan. And I've been pretty bearish or or not bearish about this, but more so to say about the whole trade deal getting done. I, I don't think it's going to happen personally. And I think we have to start working it into our marketing plans that we have to prepare ourselves if a trade deal doesn't happen. And I think what we're looking at is we'd see Trump come back and, and put on not only just the tariffs that he's promised to and in December, but he'll also put additional tariffs on up and beyond that. And I, I think that's what we have to factor into our marketing plans. And that's why if you know, if history repeats itself, that's where we see that kind of knee-jerk reaction when he makes that announcement about tariffs. So producers need to be prepared for that to be a possibility as well. I really think they do, especially going into a time frame when it's hard to get much new new news. So since we're talking trade deals, I want to ask you real quick, uh, USMCA, there's been a big push to see this taking place before the end of the year. Now, Nancy Pelosi said yesterday, yes, it would be. But the days in D.C. for 2019 are counting down pretty quick. 
They really are, and I think it, everything else that's going on with the talk about the impeachment and everything, I think a lot of them have got their minds in other places, unfortunately, instead of really being focused on tending to business. And as a result of that, I guess I'm not holding my breath. I'll be surprised that it does get taken care of by the end of the year. Well, we're a week out from a WASD report uh, from last week. Has your thoughts and opinions changed about this report any? Well, you know, it's it's probably changed a little bit about the market. Is that what I was hoping for? We would see coming out of the report last Friday was we'd see the the bean yields come down, bean acres come down, corn yields come down, corn acres come down, and you know they didn't make any changes on the acre side, on on the yield side on corn they brought that down, but I really thought it would come down more, and now I guess it becomes more of uh, opinion here. Do I think it'll go come down more on both corn and beans? I do. But we have to wait so long for that to actually happen, Susan. We have to get clear out until a January report. So that means in the December report, there won't be any adjustments on yield for sure. They could adjust eight harvested acres, but I, I don't think they will. And as a result of that, you know, we, we could go through that December report and actually have some maybe pullback on the demand side. And, and as a result, we'd be looking at the ending stock numbers going up as a result of that. So I'd, I'd say I'm a little more, bit more concerned now after the report that the market can go ahead and work its way down for a while longer here yet before, before we see it reverse and bounce back up if we get the right conditions down the road. And we know there'll be surprises that will cause a bounce. It's just a matter of a bounce from where. So is there any surprises when you compare 2018 to 2019? You know, as as we dig in and we take a look at that, um, the f- a few things that, that do stand out, I think, in particular on the price-wise, I like to go back and say, hey, you know, where are things stacking up? Um, last year at this time, uh, December corn, December 2018 corn was at 367 and a half. We're setting at 371 and a half right now. Last year, the stocks to use ratio, that's where we take our ending stock number out of the WASD report and we divide it by the demand. We get that stocks to use number that allows us to kind of compare our situation from one year to the other. 11.5% last year. We're sitting here at 13.7% right now out of the last report. And as a result, that says right now corn's probably a little bit overvalued yet. So that's where I don't wouldn't surprise me to see it back off a little bit. And I and I and I was hoping we wouldn't get to this, but you know that's kind of where we're at. And as we look over on the soybean side, soybeans last year at this time 8.92 on the November 2018. Actually, on the January 2018, we're setting currently um, 9.18 and a half right now. Well, lots of things to look at as we continue coming up here with the Fontenelle Final Bell. When we come back for part two, we're going to look at what's going on with South America. A lot of things to be watching as we move forward. It's hard to believe halfway already through the month of November. Stick around. More is coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield in Kansas City, Missouri, where the NAFB convention continues with farm broadcasters. Jeff Peterson joins us via phone line with Heartland Farm Partners as we look at the market. We talked a little bit before the break of where we were at when we compared to a year ago, Jeff. And as we move forward, let's first look at weather in South America. What are some things that we need to keep an eye out for as to what's happening down south? 
Well, I think when we sit back and look at it, uh, the, the crop definitely is getting off to a later start than it did last year. And that's going to, you know, at, at face value, that's not a big deal, but it could mean some little bit lower yields down the road that could show up. But it also could mean a crop that's going to go ahead and be ready to hit the export channels just a little bit later, which actually gives us a little bit more room to be out there exporting on the soybean side. The other thing that it does is it potentially has an impact on the safrina corn in two ways. It could impact maybe some of the acres, how much actually gets planted, but more so it may actually push that finish of that safrina crop into a little bit drier conditions with it with the at the end of the day could end up hurting the yield so i think that has an impact as far as the weather that they're getting now it's not ideal but the best way i'd describe it for argentina and brazil it's good enough right now where the market really doesn't have too much concern about it is there the the thoughts that if things don't go well with us with china that it could be to a bigger advantage for south america I think so, and I think that's the generally the thing we've heard that's kind of happening down there. I, I do think you're going to see a closer relationship actually start to happen between Brazil and Argentina and China. Uh, I think Jair Bolsonaro uh, being in place down there as the president in Brazil helps probably because he's probably not as pro-China as the previous president was, but, but I still think we'll see a stronger influence um, down in South America from China going forward. Are we going to see any sort of other change in demand when it comes to looking forward? Well, that's that's some of the things we're looking at. Um, surprisingly enough, and, and it's hard to believe sitting here thinking about it, that soybean demand actually looks pretty good. Um, corn demand I get a little concerned about, and, and actually probably on the ethanol side and also on the export side, and we'll kind of go through those numbers in greater detail in just a little bit. And then I think on the U.S. production side, that's also another area that we're going to want to keep a, a close eye on going forward. Unfortunately, I, I just don't think the yields are going to go ahead and back up enough quick enough to really help this market kind of gain some traction going forward. You know, if we were going to have another report coming out in December, it'd probably be a little different. But, you know, by the time we get out to January, the market's already got a lot of its focus on thinking about what the size of the 2020 crop's going to be. So this report will be kind of a has-been, and let's look forward. Yeah, I, I really think as we get out there, unfortunately, the big thing is we get out to that December report, and I realize that's almost a month away. I think the, the thing that the market's going to really kind of anticipate going into that is we're probably going to see a reduction in demand numbers come in on the corn side again. Well, you hinted to some corn demand. How's things for ethanol? Yeah, as we take a look at the ethanol side, you know, the numbers coming out of this last week actually show us year-to-date we're down about 4.9%. Uh, USDA currently has us uh, unchanged. And, and a couple things that's probably hurting us a little bit, profitability is getting squeezed. You know, with the late harvest and with the wet corn, uh, plants have had to pay a higher basis than what they would normally like to pay. So that's been putting some pressure on them and keeping our grinder grinds a little slower than we'd like. And we've also got some key areas, Illinois, Indiana, and also South Dakota and those areas and even parts of Minnesota that, you know, we're going to have production down in comparison to a year ago. So those particular plants in those areas are going to be paying a little bit higher basis levels going forward. So I think overall down the road, we also will see a little bit of reduction on the ethanol demand is definitely possible. Export side, uh, export side, USDA is expecting us to be down about 10.4% on corn exports compared to a year ago. Uh, currently, when we take into account the corn that we've exported, also when we look at the amount of corn that we've got yet open out there for sales, but they just haven't shipped yet, we're down about 46.7% on the corn side on the export. So 
down the road. Uh, I don't I, I don't see that changing a lot. Uh, some would argue that maybe Argentina, because of some of the talk about some additional taxes being put on their exports, has really been pushing their exports out the door hard. And I think that could be the case. Brazil was very aggressive early. So I, I have some optimism our exports will improve as we get to the, the back end of the year. But part of the concern is our, our basis levels are so high, it makes it kind of hard for us to be real competitive there. But I do think they'll improve going forward. What about for soybeans? Are we going to see a demand pick up? Um, surprisingly, it is actually not looking too bad. Exports right now are 1.8% higher than last year, and USDA almost, only has us up about 1.5%. So believe it or not, on something that we're talking about all the concern with China, soybeans actually is looking pretty good. So quickly, where do you think we go from here as we look into next week? Yeah, as we go into next week, I'm afraid we're going to see a little bit softer market here yet. I think this market, you've got the fun short yet on the corn, long on the beans. I think we're going to see them put a little more pressure on this as we get through the end of trade. Obviously, we saw that today and into the first part of next week. All right, sounds good, Jeff. What's the way uh, folks can get a hold of you? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Don't forget, you can pick this up as a podcast at our website, rollradio.com, or wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Roll Radio Network. Roll Radio Network.